Hello and welcome to the episode of Oxal FM Soundbite. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And today we're joined by a guest, first time on a soundbite, and we've been joined by Tony. Hello. Hello. We've just finished recording uh, one of our main show episodes that you can look forward to coming out in a month or two. But we thought that you should join us for a soundbite as well, since you were... Uh, and you're already here and you wanted to talk about something particular that you've just been playing recently I believe. Yeah so um, it's been out a long while I think it sort of 2010 something? 2012. 2012. 2012. <sighs> what a guess. Originally Xbox 360 like um, Xbox Live Arcade it was like that kind of era right where they were like grabbing indie devs um, and and like getting them to release exclusives on Xbox 360 first. Yeah well that game is Fez. Um, which I never played. Um, David played and I sort of watched a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they recently put it on Switch and I am a sucker for a Switch indie game. <laughs> so I snapped it up because it was also on sale. Um, and I did actually finish it on Friday. Yeah. Fez is one of my favorite it's very rose tinted glasses favorite right mm. but it was one of my favorite kind of indie games early indie games i sort of think about it in the same thing as braid which is another one of my favorites it sort of like sits there if you've never you've probably seen some like screenshots of it or yeah. video footage or you know of it it's like 2d pics very pixely or like voxely um and you can rotate the world and when you rotate the world like it's still 2d again so it means that platforms that are sort of like actually far apart from each other you then rotate the worlds and then actually they're next to each other because you've like changed the it reminds me quite a lot of the gameplay they had in some of the paper mario games yes in the way that you can kind of change the perspective of the game to kind of change the layout of the platforms for example yes yes and it's definitely slightly arty um <laughs> and mm -hmm. a little bit like eccentric eccentric and obscure um but i remember really enjoying it i kind of <clears throat> there's a lot of puzzles and there's a lot of random stuff um and i think i just kind of like sauntered through it and probably missed half the contents but just liked it for its aesthetic really um but i'm curious now that you finished it tony what did you think especially given that it's like an old game so now we're in a world of lots of indie games and lots of polished indie games. And, you know, I, I don't know, it's interesting Fez being released. It's funny, we mentioned the other day about um, Epic free, like free games on the Epic store. Mm. And Fez was one of them. And oh, I think right. Fez was the one that Epic paid the least for. Oh, yeah. I mean, out it was of like 75p all... per onboard or something. Yeah. Like, and they paid like $75,000 or something for like all of, for like to give Fez <laughs> away to everyone. Like it was like pitiful compared to all the others. So yeah, I'm interested, Tony, into what you thought now that you finished it. Yeah, I liked it. I definitely don't have as rose tinted goggles or glasses as you um mm. but i did also watch you play it a little bit so i do remember bits and um at the time the the way it sort of looks like it's crashed and then reboots oh, that was yeah. a big thing at the time so when yes. i saw that happen to you we were both like oh what's it doing yeah but i feel like since then that's been used a lot in games it's like it's a yeah, bit of a trick yeah. isn't it yeah um, like super hot is a classic one right where that happens undertale yeah oh, undertale. i mean there's oh been a whole like genre of horror games around that as well like mm. where the game sort of like crashes but oh, doesn't yeah. crash and it's part of the game experience and stuff doki, doki, like, literature i was gonna Club. say doki is one <gasps> of them and there's things like return to pony island or something is one of them um, Ooh, things like yeah. that like all those sort of like semi-horror games was taking influence mm. from an otherwise very whimsical looking game of spheres yeah, mm. it definitely, 
feels I don't know trippy (laughs) Um, but also really zen and chill like I've been kind of stressed lately and playing that game really just the music and the way you just kind of jump around sort of noodling around with the puzzles it's just really calming yeah it's very slow paced isn't it because a lot of the like when you walk through a door it's quite slow and Mm. the jumping animation is actually quite slow and you feel kind of heavy and in a way that sort of adds to that like peaceful feeling because you can't just like zip around all over Mm. the place you're just sort of like mooching around these like different areas and these different sort of like almost diorama style like little Mm. mini levels so i found the puzzles a little bit too much for my tastes um Mm. i like a good i like an easy puzzle i like a you know a top-down zelda type puzzle or even just a normal zelda (laughs) type puzzle like pushing some blocks this was Mm. like work out an alphabet from this code Um, just uh, there were three different ciphers that you had to work out and um i'm sorry i just looked it up but it's very clever there was a qr code somewhere which i very much enjoyed scanning um yeah just yeah and, and just the little guy is just so cute with his little fez and the way he walks through a door and he just looks really happy and he plays the drums it's just yeah it's a very sweet game um i don't know yeah. it feels slightly tarnished isn't the guy that made it the phil fish guy isn't he a bit of a gross person there's um, some there's definitely something because like he never made a sequel and there's definitely I don't know. I I don't know the detail. I know that I think there was like a big argument online. And I think like all of his, I think, was it his details that were leaked? Like he was doxxed and he just like left. (laughs) Like he just, he just disappeared from, from video games and doesn't do anything to do with video games anymore. And since Fez basically was the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the puzzles are definitely... Again, what the sort of I guess I was kind of like leading. It was a bit of a leading question when I was asking about sort of like how does Fez feel now in the world of like polished indie games? You know, sort of like very. We have very strong, I think, video game design available in video games nowadays. Mm. If that makes sense, and I feel like Fez, in many ways, missed the mark, especially with things like its puzzles, which are just too obscure. And just too, maybe this is opinion, but like they're just a bit too kind of, I don't know, like just, yeah, too obtuse, too obtuse. And, but I think that you could, you can at least pretty much all of them are optional, right? Like the the harder ones are completely optional and Mm. like you, you can just kind of just like meander through and then weirdly, like the game just suddenly ends, right? Like you had, you, you were playing it and you were like, I think the game is over like yeah. something like something weird happened and now the credits are rolling <laughs> well it is i guess it's because i started it and then didn't play it for a few days and sort of forgot what mm. i was meant to be doing and then realized that what i was meant to be doing was collecting these cubes and apparently i'd collected enough cubes to end the game and it mm. didn't really i don't really know what collecting the cubes did but it's probably just because i forgot also, um, something else I wanted to mention was the the map. I feel like mm. maps in these indie games are a lot better. I mean, sorry if you're someone who loves that map. It's definitely opinion here, but I just found it so confusing. And yeah. Too, like, it's... just very branchy. And I, I was sort of like, oh, how am I here? Is that that place? Like, yeah. I think the maps, the rooms, well, not rooms, you know what I mean, though, the screens 
could have done with a name each so you had the map mm. but also it'd be like the waterfall area because yeah. sometimes I was stuck and I'd look up and I'd be like what do I do in the place with the big waterfall and it's mm. and yeah. so guides online have named those areas but why didn't they name them I don't know yeah. that's my sort of thought yeah yeah agreed um but I think I think it's worth a worth a pick up on switch right uh, especially if it's on sale I mean it is a game that is very easy to get very cheaply nowadays uh, on basically anything. Um, but it's nice that it's on Switch. I think yeah. it suits the Switch. Yeah, especially like just play a little bit handheld while you're out and about because we can sort of start doing that again. And yep. you can do that on PC. So, yeah, it's, no, yeah, I think it's worth it on Switch. And it suits a, it suits like short plays as well. Like you don't have to play it. You don't have to sit down for hours playing it. So, um, yeah. It's not that long for a start. Like you would complete it if you just sit down and play mm. it for hours. I think it's an interesting game for anyone that's interested in sort of looking at the history of indie games as well, because mm, it's yeah. very much one of these sort of originators and you can see a lot of games have taken influence from it over the years yeah. as well and and built upon some of its weaknesses too and sort of improve some of those weaknesses so i think if you're even remotely interested in sort of that history and seeing where games can draw some of their roots and lineages yeah. from it's definitely one worth picking up because it's not going to take up a great deal of your time but it's interesting nonetheless yeah. and if you the music interestingly is by a guy called disaster piece uh, and he also did the music for Hyper Light Drifter, which oh, is nice. also sort of similar aesthetic as well. And also Mini Metro, which is a very popular like phone game. Yeah, um, I love Mini Metro. It's a great game. I think um, I've actually yeah. still got it in my, installed on my phone right now. Yeah, he did the like, I guess, I don't know. Is there music in Mini Metro? Was it just the sound effects that he did in Mini uh, it's Metro? It's very, very, very ambient, very sort of subtle. Yeah. Little boops and beeps in the background. Yeah, exactly. But yes, and the, the, the Fez soundtrack is on Spotify. I do recommend. But yeah, that's... Uh, that's it. I wanted to. I, w- I wanted to hear your thoughts, Tony, on Fez. I could have just asked you, but why not record it while we're talking about it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's interesting to get like a modern take on mm. kind of a classic indie game that has thus gone on to inspire quite a lot of different games uh, yeah. within a very uh, active and burgeoning genre of gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thank you, Tony, for your thoughts. And You're uh, welcome. Catch us again for another Oxl FM soundbite very soon. <laughs>